Welcome back, my beautiful Mindspace family. Peace and blessings upon you all. I am so glad to have you along today as you allow me to occupy a space in your mind. But first and foremost, let's set the right intention for listening to this podcast for the sake of Allah. May we place in our heart wanting to acquire this knowledge to benefit ourselves, our family, and to ensure Allah implement it in our day-to-day lives. So I want to start today with a very simple sentence that a very dear person said to me and has really stuck inside of my heart. Allah sees you. Allah hears you. Allah knows you. Three simple attributes of Allah out of the 13 of his attributes that hold so much power. Before I dive into the power of these attributes, first and foremost, I just want to clarify the meaning of these attributes. So, Allah is al-basar. Allah sees all that is seeable without an instrument or a means. He sees far and also sees near without a difference as he is in no place and his sight does not develop or change as it is eternal. Allah is attributed with as-sama. Allah hears all without an instrument or a means. He hears far and also near without a difference as he is in no place and his hearing does not develop or change as it is eternal. Allah is attributed with al-alam, knowledge. Nothing is absent from his knowledge, himself, his attributes, his creations. Everything within his dominion, he is of knowledge about. Now that we have the correct understanding of these attributes of Allah, I want to venture down how these make life so simple for us if we were to really focus on these three aspects. First and foremost, I want us to identify that most of us live a life filled of people-pleasing. We live a life worrying about what other people think. We live a life in fear of others' judgment, others' disappointment, um, inability to set boundaries. And that's just a far few of things I see walk into my office. People have crippling social anxiety, anxiety in general. They have critical voices in their head, overthinking, negative thought processes to the stage where they actually become debilitated and can't even get out of bed. Now, why am I highlighting these? I'm highlighting these aspects because every single people run these processes, right? But some of them run them more efficiently or it doesn't debilitate them. And some people are on the further end of the spectrum. Now, if we really held close that Allah sees us, Allah hears us, and Allah knows us, would we really be able to run these negative processes? Probably not. I won't even say probably. I will say no, we won't. And you won't be able to run these processes because if we lived a life constantly reminding ourselves, is what I'm doing disobeying Allah? Is what I'm doing according to my religion? Is how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, the actions I'm taking, one that are going to benefit me in my akhirah? Or are there ones that are going to hinder me and limit me? At the end of the day, we live a life where we aim to prove ourselves to other people. I need to be worthy of that person's love. I need to 
um, be a certain level of myself so I can fit into that friend group. I need to show a specific face in my work field so I can have a job. But do we really need to? Or are they choices we choose in order to fit in? And to fit into a world, an environment, a circumstance that isn't necessarily beneficial for us. And beneficial for us is me referencing our ekhira. When we live a life where we are continuously worried about the worldly things and attaining the worldly things, we lose our purpose. And so many people are going through life purposeless, unable to find who it is they are, unable to find an intention or a drive for their day-to-day life, for themselves, whether they're working or they're at home. And your inability to find purpose is because, first and foremost, your idea of life is incorrect. If your idea of life is to live for this world that is temporary, you are never going to be content. If your idea of life is to gain everything you can out of this temporary existence in order to build and create the best foot forward for you in your ekhira, then you've cracked the code. And the code is very simple. Very simple. If we live a life where we are constantly searching for other people's approval, we are constantly searching to fit into other people's ways of life, then are we ever going to be content? Are we ever going to be fulfilled? Is our anxiety ever going to leave? Are those thoughts ever going to leave? Are our people-pleasing tendencies ever going to leave? They're not. It is going to be a never-ending cycle until we begin to understand and know who our creator is. By knowing who our creator is, we don't need to go out there and prove to other people what's inside my heart because Allah knows what's inside my heart. I don't need to go and prove through the words I say if I am a great person, if I'm worthy of your love, if I'm worthy of being in your friend group, if I'm great at a specific job title that I I want. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And on the other side of that, if we upheld that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees us and he hears us and he knows us, there are a lot of things we won't fall into, such as having that conversation about that person or, or our spouse or our work colleague or that person that was serving you at the cash register at that shop you just went into. We wouldn't be sitting there participating in specific friend groups, in specific jokes, in sharing of specific content that isn't very beneficial, nor for ourselves, nor for other people. We would become extremely mindful of what we expose ourselves to, of what we expose other people to. And if Allah, and if us knowing that Allah knows, subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in our chest, I don't need to prove what's in my chest to other people. I don't need everyone to be on my side. I don't need to people please. I don't need to overthink when I'm going to a gathering. I don't need to sit and advocate for myself and change everyone's perspective on me. Because Allah knows and that is sufficient for me. It is about finding contentness, not in other people, but in yourself. And finding contentness in yourself that is linked to your religion. 
that is linked to living your life, being mindful of where are these actions going to take me in the long run? Where are these thoughts going to take me in the long run? Where are these people I surround myself around or am craving their validation or love or or worth going to get me in the end? Everyone is after a purposeful life, but they forget their purpose is for the akhirah, not this temporary world. And we attach ourselves to this world like it is eternal. Every relationship, every friendship, every attachment, be it in a human form, in an animal, in a materialistic, in a home, in a place, in a location, we attach ourselves to all of these things throughout all of our lives and we build our character around it and we build our cognitive distortions around it and we build our mindset around it and we build our whole story around all of these experiences that inevitably are all temporary. So if we removed our attachment from the worldly things, if we moved our attachment from the expectations of this life and we built what we expect our akhirah to be, because it's very simple. If you want to achieve Jannah, our religion spells it out for you very easily. If you want different palaces, our religion spells it out for you how you can acquire those. If you want a specific level, our religion also puts it very simply how you can acquire higher and higher and higher levels of righteousness. And what you're looking at and what you're striving for and what you're building in that, you know you're going to have, inshallah, by the will of Allah. Not building a life based on other people's perception of you. Not building a personality based on what other people think of you or people pleasing or because your mum used to do what you want to do it as well. That's false. That's living a fake life. Once you live a life for other people, you've lost yourself. You don't even know what life is anymore. But you have a religion that teaches you what life is, that teaches you how to carry yourself as a person, that teaches you how to build for a very content life here in this temporary world, but be a winner in the eternal life, inshallah. And I first and foremost put my hand up as this is a reminder for me. I am no better than you and you are no better than me. We are all the same. We all learn. We all fail. We all make mistakes. But the difference between a person who makes a mistake and a person who continues to make mistakes is the one that takes accountability, is the one who makes a mistake and repents and makes a accountability and promising their heart to never return to those same mistakes. You know, the first secret that people often give you to a successful life is you only live once. You only live once. And how foolish it is to say that. They try and misconstrue the idea of living once as let's just take it as a free-for-all and experience absolutely everything so you don't miss out. But I say the secret to failure is trying to please everybody. I don't know the secret to, to, to success, but I know the secret to failure is trying to please everybody. And the second secret to failure 
is trying to be a righteous Muslim and fit in with everybody else because you can't do both. What do I mean by this? You can't be a righteous Muslim and still have some specific friends. You can't be a righteous Muslim and still entertain the conversations you previously used to. You can't be a righteous Muslim and and uh, participate in aspects of business that you previously used to. You cannot have both. And oftentimes people think that in life you can, but that is not what life is. Life is not a 50-50 trade. If you are living a life to be righteous and for your echira, there are people you're going to lose along the way. There are places you can no longer be at. There are things that you need to speak up on that previously you wouldn't have spoken up on. There is a level of responsibility, not only for yourself, but for your community you now have. And once you have that level of responsibility, it's not always welcome. People aren't always welcoming you with open arms. And I think we know that journey, even just the journey of growth. You've changed. You're not like you used to be. Do you think you're better than us now? Who do you think you are? And this is no different than spiritually evolving yourself and becoming more righteous. People, due to their ignorance and their ego, will run the same thing. That is why Allah seeing you, Allah hearing you, and Allah knowing you always outweighs. And just repeating it to yourself brings a sense of peace, a a sense of certainty in yourself, knowing that regardless of what anyone says, regardless of how uh, isolated I become, Regardless of the hardship that befalls me, regardless of the life changes that I experience, Allah is with me. Allah knows what I'm feeling. Allah knows what I'm thinking. Allah knows my pains. He knows my burdens. And that is sufficient for me. There's a power in that. And that power has gotten me through some of the hardest times of my life, and I'll tell you why. Because the truth that our religion shows us and tells us through not only our Qur'an, not only through our understanding of the religion, but also the stories of our religion, the hardships that the prophets have went through, the hardships the women of our religion went through, they had Allah. And were they not always winners? Were they not always winners in characters, in characteristics, should I say? In their attributes, in how they conducted themselves, in how they grew their religion, in how they received the glad tidings, in how they were still alive and they knew they had houses and palaces awaiting them, that they welcomed death with so much eagerness because they could not wait to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to live their eternal life. What is it that they had that we don't? And that is full tawakkul and conviction and belief in their heart and in their soul of every minute of every day that I have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that with Allah, 
I will never ever lose. Now, as I come to the end of this episode, I know it is a little bit heavy. I know there are some hard truths, hard, not things to swallow, but oftentimes we begin to become hard on ourselves as though we are not doing enough. And another thing that I do see come into my office is shame and guilt associated with not doing enough spiritually and religion-wise. Like people carry, I don't deserve, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. I don't deserve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. I don't deserve to pray or to make dua or to ask Allah for things because I have done bad things in my life. And sometimes those feelings can get triggered by listening to things like this. But what I want to say to you is, as we all know, Allah is most merciful. Allah is most forgiving. And we should always be in the middle, like a bird with two wings. Not too much to the left, where we think no matter what we sin and do, Allah will forgive us and have mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala on us. And not too far to the right, where we believe that we will never be forgiven or have mercy for the things we've committed. Balance. Balance in yourself, in your emotion, in your mind, in your spirituality. And consistent balance is what makes a successful person a successful life and inshallah a successful akhirah. I appreciate all of you tuning in. Inshallah there has been something of benefit for you. And inshallah I hope to catch you guys on the next episode.